Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, and thank you for listening. Hope everybody's doing good tonight. My name is Shannon, and you're listening to The Secret to Everything with Dr. Kimberly McGeorge. First of all, um, I wanted to go over a couple things that are that are pretty exciting and happening really soon. We have an energy healing class clinic in Cincinnati, April 28th from 9.30 to 5.30. It's at the Quality Inn there. Uh, if you need information, you can look at accessconsciousness.com or you can go on to www.serenitynaturalwellness.com. This clinic will be eight hours of um, healing class, learning healing techniques with Dr. Kimberly, which is definitely a bargain because the eight hours is actually going to be for less than what she charges for a half-hour session. Um, we also have another class, which will be in Columbus, Ohio, May 12th, and it's going to be from 10 to 6. So please get a hold of us if you have any questions. You can also get a hold of us on Facebook at Serene Wellness and Twitter. Please email us any questions you have, and we will get back to you as soon as we can. Dr. Kimberly? Hi, Shannon. How are you this evening? Good. How are you doing? I'm okay. You're going to abandon us for a little bit, I hear. Yeah, not for long. I have three more track meets. My son's in track, and and we have three more track meets, and they're always on Wednesdays. So, yeah, we're at the track meet right now. He just ran, and um, he's going to be running two more events. So I'm going to have to leave soon and go see what he's up to. Okay. Well, we understand. And um, I did want to mention, kind of piggyback on what Shannon was talking about, about the classes. The classes I'm going to be teaching are actually a technique that we discussed extensively. Shannon, how long are you going to be on here? Maybe two more minutes. Okay, I just didn't know if, I, if I'm going to be talking to myself or if you're going to be there. Um, we talked extensively with Pat Marshall of Access Consciousness about this technique, but I just thought while you're on here, why don't you share really quick your own personal experience with having this energy technique done to you that I'm going to be teaching in Columbus and in Cincinnati, if you wouldn't mind, and then you can go. Absolutely. Um, You know, I was a little skeptical at first. I know um, Kimberly was really excited about it, and I was a little skeptical, which I am sometimes, but she usually can pull me out of that, but I must say it was definitely an amazing feeling, an amazing healing. Uh, it's you can feel it as soon as as soon as the whoever's going to do it, like Kim did it to me. But whoever does it, as soon as they start doing it, it's almost you can feel your body changing. It's you can feel it lighter. You can feel tingling sensations. Mine was definitely uh, specific in my legs. I had a lot of tingling, lighter. Um, as I, I, I've explained before, you know, I was talking to Kim during the time that she was doing the healing technique on me, and I kept losing my train of thought. It was almost like I was feeling a little bit hyper and excited after I got, after we got done. Um, I just felt on top of the world. I felt healthy. I felt happy. 
I was smiling. Um, it's just like it's so much. You just take it all in. It's very healing, very energizing. It was pretty amazing. I I went back for a second time, and I'm sure I'll be back more. Oh, well, that's nice. Well, like you're not paid to say that or anything. <laughs> so if um, I'll let you go in a minute, but if there was one reason that you would say to have this energy technique done or to learn how to do it, what would it be? Sum it up. It. I love putting Shannon on the spot, I by the think, way. <laughs> I know. i got to think fast. Um, I think it would change somebody's life. I seriously think if somebody learned this technique, I think even doing it, even doing the technique helps change your life, helps you um, get some of the energy too. Your vibration raises, you're happier. It's something that anybody can learn, and absolutely anybody, and it will do amazing things in your life. Um, I I would recommend it for anybody. Okay, thank you. Well, we'll talk to you later, hopefully, if we're still on. We're having some issues, which I'm going to go over with everybody in a few minutes, but I'm going to kind of continue the train you started and talk a little bit more about this technique. So I will talk to you later, Shannon. So you can call back in if we're still on. (laughs) All right, bye. Have fun. Okay, well, our number to call in today is 646-564-9712 if you have anything you'd like to talk about. We were supposed to have, I'll get back to classes in a second, we were supposed to have the lovely Ashley Fontaine, which I think she may have called in. She's the author of a couple really amazing suspense novels, Accountable to None, and right now her second novel is slipping my mind, but I've read Accountable to None all the way through and really enjoyed it. So she was supposed to be with us, and like I said, I think she might have called in, but I absolutely couldn't hear it. It was a really bad connection. I'm not sure what's going on. So hopefully we can get her back on in a few minutes. And then my daughter, Brianna McGeorge, is also scheduled to be on in a little bit. She's going to be calling in and doing live readings on the air, more um, like a mini psychic reading. You can ask her whatever you'd like about your life or ask her to read your energy. And I, as well as usual, will be happy to do a small mini reading, although if you know me, the mini readings kind of turn into a major reading and we kind of get way off track. So that's what's going on tonight. I don't know. Is the chat room up and running yet, Sierra? We're trying to get the chat room up and running for some reason. That's not loading either. But these things all happen in live radio and we kind of roll with the punches. So just to follow up on what Shannon was saying about the classes and the energy technique, which it is an access consciousness energy technique called the bars. And my... 10-year-old went with me to a class that was held up in Cleveland. I didn't really necessarily want her to learn it because one of the positive side effects from running the bars is you actually receive a lot more energy. So my 10-year-old is very energetic anyway, and I wasn't sure if I wanted her to receive any more energy. But long story short, she ended up being pulled into the mix because they had an odd amount of people. And she learned the technique very quickly. She now does it very accurately, and it's very convenient to me because I have her run that on me quite often. And one of the benefits that they've kind of done a little bit of a study on for learning this energy technique is it helps you sleep better through the night. So a lot of people who have had insomnia and they don't even know what causes it, this technique actually will help you have better sleep. 
and like Shannon said, it'll it'll change your life. It'll help you have more of you. If you're into manifesting and actualizing things in your life, it will put you in a higher vibratory state, which will make it easier for you to do that. So it's pretty amazing things. I strongly encourage you to consider it. Not to mention you get the side benefit of hanging out with me for eight hours. So another issue that we were going to talk about that I can just kind of kill time with here is we are looking for a male co-host for a radio show. And I haven't really announced that on here. I've announced that on Twitter, and I've announced that on Facebook and a few friends. But we're looking for a male co-host, preferably with experience or interest in the paranormal field, the quantum physics, metaphysics field, alternative medicine, someone that um, we can kind of energy medicine, energy, cryptozoology, all that kind of whack stuff. Um, he doesn't necessarily have to have the same beliefs about everything, but we just like someone that, you know, can contribute to the show and to the conversation and we can gain from his expertise and he can gain from ours and we can debate all kinds of different things. Next week, my guest is going to be Ann Thomas. Sometimes I forget to talk about the guest at the end of the show. So I thought I'd talk about the guest this week at the beginning of the show, but my guest next week is going to be Ann Thomas, and I think she's written a couple. I don't know if she's written a couple books or ebooks, but her whole thing that she does is honoring the divine feminine. So she helps women kind of find the core of themselves and work through a lot of the issues regarding femininity. So I'm not sure how that applies to the masculine, but she's going to be here and she gives retreats and things like that. So Ashley still hasn't caught in, so I guess we're not going to be discussing at this point anyway, her books. But there are a couple of things I wanted to discuss. First of all, and I probably should have researched this, I think the new name's coming on pretty quickly, but the planetary alignment right now, and I know some of you don't believe in that, but the magnetic and the energetic pole and position of the planets is actually very powerful on our little old lives. And whether you believe in Western astrology or whether you believe in Vedic astrology, which I kind of lean, I kind of believe in both, but I prefer Vedic astrology, which is a whole other show. And we'd have to get a Vedic astrologer on here to do Vedic astrology readings, which would be pretty interesting. But anyway, the planetary alignment right now is a little dicey. So I urge you to be a little more careful. It's actually quite a violent kind of energy, kind of an unrest. I don't know if you felt it. It's a little murky out there. People's motives are a little bit cloaked. There's a little, a lot of aggression. Little situations can quickly turn into huge, big situations. So I just wanted to mention the planetary alignment. As a matter of fact, my daughter said, I don't I think it was within the last week that there had been three sexual assaults or rapes in and around her campus. So that just kind of backs up what I'm saying. And, of course, the world is always in tremendous unrest and it never hurts to be a little cautious, although that's a little outside of my personal reality and how I like to live. So if anyone has anything they'd like to talk about, paranormal questions, metaphysical questions, manifestation questions, if you have anything you'd like to share, any comments, any criticisms, any concerns, or if you'd like to call in and say you'd like to be try out as a male co-host, that'd be amazing. Um, I thought we'd talk about 
few things while I'm still waiting, hopefully. And I'm starting to think Ashley's not going to call in, but that's okay. Try to wing it without her for a while, at least until Brianna calls in. One of the things I wanted to talk to you about is it's kind of important when you meditate or when you're trying to go into a state of higher consciousness, there's a lot that's talked about the different brain states. I don't know a lot about this. It's not something I studied extensively because I tend to just float wherever I like. But one of the states that is highly desirable is called the alpha state. And so people are always trying to listen to certain music or meditate to a certain point to where they reach the alpha state. The alpha state is a place of creativity. It's a place of calmness. It's a place of being centered. And I just kind of ran across the technique that's really, really easy that I wanted to share with you. You don't have to buy anything. You can do it in your home. You can do it in the well, not if you want to do it in the car. Probably not in the car since you have to close your eyes to do this. But I thought I'd share this technique with you. Um, the basic technique to get into the alpha state, supposedly, is, and you guys can experiment with us, is you close your eyes. Like I said, not in the car, please, not in the car. Then we'll contribute to that violent planetary energy everyone's talking about. Okay, so you close your eyes. And you know what? That guy who does the um, healing, I can't think of what it's called, the healing codes. I think he actually talks about this. I think I read or heard one of his teleseminars where he talks about this. That's not where I got this from, though. So you tilt your eyeballs 20 degrees upward after your eyes are closed. I don't, I'm not quite sure how you're supposed to measure the 20 degrees, but do your best. Then you tilt your head 20 degrees downward, and you touch the tip of your tongue to the roof of your mouth. And I'm going to go off on a little tangent. That's actually, I do that a lot before I get to sleep. It centers yourself. It kind of brings all your energy to one place. When the mystics meditated and the um, Hindus, and the, um, they do that. The Buddhist monks, I think, do that as a technique to kind of center yourself before you meditate. So it's kind of a common thing. So sit there after you've done that and just become kind of aware of your whole being. Expand yourself out. So then you take a deep breath in, and in your mind, you imagine the number three, three times while breathing out slowly, all the way. You breathe out all the way. Then you take another deep breath in, and in your mind, you imagine the number two three times while breathing out slowly. Again, all the way. Now, by now, your entire body should be quite a bit relaxed. And as you take each breath in and out, it should be deeper and deeper relaxed. So breathe in again and hold it for a moment. And then imagine the number one, of course, three times while breathing out slowly until your lungs are completely empty. So I like put myself into like some kind of hypnosis trance by saying this. Anyway, <clears throat> once you've emptied your breath the final time, begin counting down from 10 to 1. With each slow out breath and each number, feel your body and mind double in relaxation. So, of course, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, Four, three, two, one. Feel yourself from head to toe completely relaxed. 
and you should be in the alpha state. And when you're in the alpha state, you should feel more of you. You should feel expanded. The stress should have melted away. You should be able to more clearly pick up the energy vibrations in the room as well as within your body. And this is how, if you're going to think, this is where you want to think. You want to think from a place of clarity and a place of relaxation and allow things to flow through you. That's just a little relaxation alpha tip. And I may write that out and put it on the website because sometimes it's hard. I don't hear things when people try to give me instructions. I tend to not hear them, so I need to read them. Actually, I need to do them. That's how I learn. I'll write that out and maybe put that in a blog or on the website. It's funny, talking about feeling energy, I cleaned a bunch of my crystals that I carry with me the other day, and I do that. We talked about this before on the crystal show. By putting it in salt water or putting it out in the sunshine, so I kind of left them outside in the sun for four or five days but what was so cool was I just picked them up and brought them back in the house and I'm very attuned to energy and they actually were vibrating in my hand they were so clean it's kind of weird to be able to feel whether rocks I'm putting that in quotes air quotes are clean or dirty but that's a consequence or, or a good thing I guess not a consequence I don't think that's the right word of being able to feel energy and to become more sensitive to energy I'm going to go in a little bit of a, since no one's calling in, I wonder if it's because of the nice weather. We sometimes have shows where it seems the weather's nicer. People don't call in as much. So call in. This is, you have my undivided attention. If you want a reading, you've got me. You've got me all to yourself, and I'll probably go off on a tangent, so you might get like a more than a mini free reading tonight. And like I said, Ashley, if you're listening, we miss you. We hope you can get to a spot where you can call in and we can chat about your books. I do want to, I guess I'm going to take the opportunity just really quick in case she doesn't call in to talk a little bit about Ashley and her books anyway. Um, I had the privilege of being on her show, Ramblings of a Mad Southern Woman on Blog Talk Radio. I don't remember what night. I almost think it was Friday, but I might be wrong. I'm not sure, but you can type it in Blog Talk Radio and look up when she's on. But she's a really fun, sweet person very interesting to talk to, and she has a book critic on her show, and they'll talk to different authors, and they'll give them a hard time or tease them and talk about their books. That was a really enjoyable show to be on. But one thing about Ashley's book, and I read a review on Amazon about this, her first book anyway, Accountable to None, is, you know, she's like, well, read my book, you know, download it on Amazon. So I downloaded it on a Kindle, on my iPad, and I started reading it, and I think I started reading it either on a Sunday morning or on a Saturday morning. And the girls kept coming, my girls kept coming in and saying, Mom, are we going to have breakfast? We're hungry. And I'm like, just a minute, just a minute. And so at first, I, you know, it, it always takes a while usually to get into a book. So, you know, I started reading and I might have been halfway through the first chapter and it just grabbed me and it hooked me. It was a really, really good book. And I don't read a lot of fiction anymore. I don't have time and I'm so busy doing other things. And so I don't read a lot of fiction. So for me, so for me to um, read a fiction book, it takes a lot. And to continue reading a fiction book, it takes a lot. But Accountable to None is a book about, and I normally don't, uh, I would say it's a little bit like a political thriller. 
and that it's set in a corporate office, which doesn't sound interesting at all. But the characters and the pacing of Ashley's book, it makes it really, really interesting. So we'll talk to her more about that. But I don't want to give too much away either because I don't know what she want me to say. I think it's – I don't remember how much it is on Amazon, but it's definitely worth maybe two ninety nine, three ninety nine. Maybe I'm lowballing it. Maybe I just looked a while ago. But anyway, it's definitely worth a good read. And I read really, really fast, but not fast enough for my girls because I think we ended up going out to lunch instead of breakfast, actually. So that didn't work out too well. I want to talk to you guys a little bit about something that I talk a lot about on Twitter. And my goal has always been for my clients, and have I always succeeded? No, I haven't, is to be whoever my client or patient is, I would like to be their last healer. Why would you want to continue going through life looking for emotional, mental, or spiritual healing. I don't understand that. It's almost like an addiction. You know, people have sports addictions and people have alcohol addictions and people have sex addictions and codependent relationship addictions. But I think there's another whole lot of us, and I'll include myself at some point in this, where we become addicted to healing or we become addicted to Maybe this thing will make me feel better inside. Maybe this person will help me heal my relationship. Maybe this healer can take away my pains. Well, let me learn Reiki and let me learn EFT and let me learn hypnosis. And if you notice those three modalities I just mentioned, it wasn't by accident. I don't do a lot by accident, even if it sometimes appears that I do. Those three modalities are actually very um, great tools. They're awesome tools. They work for a lot of people. But they're what I would call old-school tools or lower-vibrating modalities that are not really keeping pace with what's going on now in the world. And I guess I would challenge you because a lot of our callers call, and one of their frustrations is they've been to a lot of different counselors. They've been to different seminars. They've traveled around the United States, some around the world, They've tried this and they've tried that, and yet they're, they may be a little better in this area or they may be a little better in that area, but they're still seeking. So my challenge that I would throw out to you is at what point do you stop seeking and do you start living? At what point do you stop trying to find the answers and you start being the answers? Isn't it much better to have traveled to a certain point on your journey where you can help others and kind of let that love and that energy and that healing that you've received to flow through you and stop spending your money and your time and that mental stress seeking healing? At some point, although we're all on a journey, and yes, we'll all need some healing in some places as long as we're on this planet, I think everyone knows what I'm talking about and they can all identify with that energy of just kind of constantly seeking and never finding. And so I want to encourage you that not only are there many answers for whatever your particular problem is, there's an answer that will work for you. And there's probably many answers that will work for you. A lot of them might not cost any money. 
uh, if you find the right person or the right modality, that can be your last person. Instead, maybe you'll become a healer. Maybe you'll be used in healing in someone else's life. So I always caution people to be careful who they spend their money on and be careful what they invest their time in. Because the thing these days seems to be these telesummits that everybody's doing. Everybody can do a telesummit. There's either even people that are giving and leading the telesummits that are now marketing and selling packages and how to do a telesummit. So now there's even more telesummits being created by people that used to obsessively listen to telesummits. So that seems to be the end thing, although energetically it feels to me like it's burning out, dying out, or switching gears. And I've noticed because for years or months, I've said, why do the same 10 telesummits have the same 20 people on them? Like over and over and over. Like you could literally listen to the same person like every four days for like a month if you wanted to, which I guess is good if you're trying to save money, although a lot of the telesummit is teased and very little is delivery. That's actually a trend I've noticed reversed. Seems like there's a little more delivery now in the free telesummits and a little less teased. They're actually letting you sample what they have to offer. But I guess my bottom line caution would be anyone that you're buying their book or you're going to their classes or you're on their telesummit that is telling you that you have to go through them to receive healing and continue to go through them, I would run. I would not write a check. I would not give them my credit card. I would not read their book. I would not go to their class. Because what a good healer and some of the best healers in all of history and the world have modeled is you teach someone how to do what you know how to do or you teach someone how to heal themselves. That's the ideal model. We're not trying to have thousands and thousands and thousands of endless clients and patients, although that's very good for the pocketbook. It's not good for you as an individual. And it's not really good for society and the consciousness of the world as a whole. Because that's keeping you stuck in that same small box and place that you've always been in physically, mentally, emotionally, Spiritually, and it's keeping you dependent and enslaved to whoever it is that is your healer or your guru or your person that you keep going to. So the healers that you listen to should be empowering you and not empowering you for an hour. They should be empowering you for a lifetime. They should be leading my example and teaching you principles that you can then take and build on excuse me, for a lifetime. I used to having other people talk so I can take a drink and not get all that yuck in my throat. So <laughs> it's kind of funny. Hopefully my daughter will be calling and seeing to save me here so I can have a couple swallows of water. But um, back on my healer rant, I guess. So I would just encourage you to be careful who you give your money to and your time to and who you put your hope in. Because so many of the, even some people that have called into to this show say they've tried this and they've tried that and they've gone from healer to healer and they're still in somewhat of the same place. They're still kind of lost and looking for answers. And there are answers and there are many answers. And I just throw that question out to God in the universe. You know, what would it take for me to be completely healed? What would it take for me to find the healer that I need, you know, that will fix my particular problem and kind of 
leave that as a question out there hanging in the universe and, you know, kind of see who shows up and see what shows up. I heard a story by one of the leaders of this um, these classes that I teach, and I think he said, one of the women, they asked how she showed up in one of his classes, and she said, there was a flyer on my desk at work, and he said, they asked around and they tried to trace it back and they tried to figure out who made these flyers and who would have made these flyers and how it got on on the desk, but um, they couldn't figure it out. The flyer had just appeared on the desk. So, sorry, my, I'm being told that um, my daughter's calling and can't get through. As a matter of fact, I'm thinking about, I don't know if I can do it, I was thinking about rebooting this program and seeing if maybe there's something wrong with the, the board tonight because I guess people are calling in. The only person that could get in so far was Shannon. So here I am yelling at you guys and maybe you can't get in. So I'm going to be, I'm going to go do the absolute no-no for a minute and do radio silence and try to fix this board. So if you guys could bear with me, if anybody's actually listening, I'm going to try to fix this and I'll be back on. Hold on a minute. All right, everybody, I'm back, I guess. <laughs> that is wild. Hold on, I think I've seen Miss Ashley. Let me try to go to her. Ashley, are you there? I am. I've been holding this whole time going, okay, she's going to get me in a minute. I know it. <laughs> you weren't screaming loud enough. I didn't hear you. Did you hear uh, apparently me? not. <laughs> well, did you, did you wonder why I'm, like, talking like you're not there? Like, I'm trying to stumble around, talk about you and say nice <laughs> things. I didn't and... start talking about me. I was like, but I'm here. And then I ran upstairs, and I got on my computer, and I tried to get into the chat room, but it wasn't open. <laughs> I sent you a message Yeah, I know. Twitter. And then, yeah, I just, you know, it's funny because I had my iPad sitting here. If I didn't, I'd still be acting like totally crazy. But um, I had my iPad open and I saw my Hootsuite flash across it and it, and I saw your name and I'm like, oh, she's talking to me on Twitter. So thank goodness for those having 10 computers in your house, you so know. So you know, talk radio, it happens all the time. <laughs> I'm just oh, really? I, <laughs> I wish you would have told me. It like all froze up and it, you know what's crazy about it is you don't really know that it does. No. Because you're still on. 
I, it happened to me two weeks ago when my co-host Bennett had tried to call in right before the show, and all we could hear was static. So I disconnected him and hoped that he would call back, and he never did. And I talked to him later, and he's like, I called like five or six times. And I said, well, you never showed up in the switchboard, so I don't know what happened. So what So what did you do? Did you guys just talk? Because you had, yeah, you had well, somebody else on with yes, Yeah, yeah, and her and I ended up just talking, uh, and I was already prepared with what I was going to ask her, so it was okay. So I'm just glad I got through. <laughs> Wow. Well, um, now I have to kind of, I was in my uh, monotone mantra rant, so I have to switch gears and, okay, everybody, so we're kind of going to start over. (laughs) So this is Miss Ashley Fontaine, our beautiful and lovely and very sweet guest. Thank you for being patient. And thank you for trying to reach me another way because I'm like, this is going to be a short show because I know no one's going to listen to me talk for an hour and a half. So I'm like, like, somebody... And nobody was even saving me. People kept saying, I'm calling in. I'm like, no, you're not. So I was, like, freaking out. So anyway, um, Ashley has written, is it only two books, Ashley, so far? I, yes, it's, I have two. It's a series of three. I'm working on the third one right oh, now, which will be the okay. final. And then I'm also releasing at the end of, probably end of April, 1st of May, a collection of my short stories and poetry called Ramblings of a Mad Southern Woman. So, <laughs> Oh, I love it. I love it so much. Well, you heard what I said, and you knew anyway because we've talked um, a couple times and I was on your show, but you know how much I loved your first book. And I, I have a confession, I have not gotten very far into the second one, so I, I'm going to reserve commenting too much. I'll let you talk about that one. But I have so many questions to ask you. Oh, well, sure. Go ahead. I'm I'm ready. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I bet you are. You're like, okay. <laughs> Last time I'm going to be on our show. Um, okay, first of all, why writing? I mean, have you – now, when you say poetry, whenever a writer says poetry to me, because I'm a poet, nobody knows that. That's my first poet confession ever on the air. But usually when you write poetry, you're a true writer, meaning this is my guess about you, Ashley. I guess you've written for a long time, and it's kind of always been your thing. Am I wrong? No, you're right. It has been. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't even have to be on here. I can just tell what's going on. But so if you could kind of start at the beginning, whatever age that was, and kind of walk us up through how you came to write your first novel. As far well, as I'm talking more from an inside out about, you know, what led you to do that. Well, it's kind of a funny story, actually. Um, all my, I was an only child, so I grew up reading. Uh, that was always my haven. And so I've always liked to read, and then, of course, as I got older, I started writing a lot of poetry. But it was really more for personal use and for friends and family. Um, uh, The first poem I ever actually wrote that I gave to somebody uh, was called Troubles, and it was for a friend of mine that was struggling with some really deep issues that she had in her life, and it was about God's healing. Um, So it's always been a part of me, but I'm also very scientific to the point of my, my goal my whole life was to be a nurse. So finally, at the oh. age of forty, yeah, finally at the age of forty, I um, enrolled in college and was planning on getting my associate's degree in science so I could go to RN school. And <clears throat> I had to take uh, two elective classes to finish my degree out. And I, I can't draw, and I'm not very much of an art critic. So since I like to write, I chose to take creative writing. And I took that the first semester. Uh, it was an online class with this incredible instructor, uh, Melody Burning. I'm giving you a shout-out. If it weren't for you, I wouldn't be where I am today. Um, and most, of the, most of the class consisted of us just writing short 
short stories. Um, she would give us writing prompts, and we would kind of go from there. Um, but at the end of the semester, I turned my portfolio in, which contained a lot of short stories and a bunch of poetry. And she really enjoyed my writing. And when she knew, she contacted me via email and said, you know, if you have to take another elective class, I think you should take creative writing too. So I did. And at the beginning of the semester in January of 2011, uh, she emailed me and said, I don't want you to do anything in this class. I want you to write a book. I think you have it in you. Wow. So that's, that's your semester project. So um, in my English class a couple semesters prior to that, we had read The Count of Monte Cristo. And, of course, I had already read that book, and it's my all-time favorite book ever. And so since that was kind of still fresh on my mind, I decided that I wanted to write a tale about modern-day revenge uh, and, and have it be from a woman's perspective uh, um, and, and deal with issues that, that women deal with on a constant basis, especially in, in the modern workforce. So that's kind of where the idea came from. So I, I have several friends that over their lifetime have experienced the trauma of rape, and I kind of use that as the, the starting point, and that's how Audra Tanner's character was born. She's the main character in the book. And so that's kind of how it got started. So <clears throat> I finished that book for my semester project, and I turned it in, and the teacher just came unglued and said, oh, my gosh, this is really good. You need to publish this. So I knew nothing about the publishing industry at all, um, did a little bit of research, decided I did not want to go the whole query letter, sending out, waiting, mm-hmm. wondering if somebody's going to read it, um, and actually came across the article. I can't remember if it was on CNN or Fox. It was somewhere about John Locke, who is the first person that ever sold a million ebooks on Amazon. And I thought, ah. you know what? I, yeah, I thought, hmm, I can do that. I can self-publish. So I went to Kindle um, and to their self-publishing area, and I read about how you do it and how you format the book, blah, 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 figured it out, and uploaded it in April of 2011. Not that, you know, of course, my friends and family had read it, and they all loved it. And if, but, you know, when you hear it from friends and family, not that it's not appreciative, but it doesn't make the same impact because they're not strangers. <clears throat> um, and for, you know, for a few months. <laughs> Isn't that months, how we value what everybody had been telling me was really true or not. So I thought, well, we'll just see. So, you know, it kind of did okay. It kind of languished here and there for a couple months. And then um, in December of 2011, I uh, opted into the Kindle Direct Select program, which they had just started offering that in December, which is where mm. if, you're, if you publish a book and you choose to enroll in this program, you have to take your ebook down from any other locale and only sell it on Amazon but for 90 days. And if you do that, you get five days of free promo uh, from them. And so, uh, December, yeah, December 23rd of uh, 2011, I decided to stick Accountable to None Up for free. And within 48 hours, I had over 29,000 downloads. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes, I did. Are I you was so- serious? That's amazing. We, we couldn't believe it. And I remember sitting here with my family at Christmas time thinking, I think my life just changed. <laughs> and it did. So um, that ended up leading me into uh, contact with the publisher that I'm with now, uh, Karen Fuller at World Castle. And she contacted me to write um, the second novel in the series, which is Zero Balance. And so it's, the second book was published uh, in February through them. And 
ever since then, my my life has completely changed <laughs> because at this point I'm pushing almost 50,000 downloads with Accountable to None. And uh, for a first-time author that was a no-name, that for me it's pretty amazing. It changed my life for sure. So <laughs> that's where I'm at now. That is a great story. I love, <laughs> love, love that story. So now when you write, <laughs> well, well not, I mean, no, you created something and it took on a life of its own, which I want to kind of go down a tiny, tiny bunny trail to the audience um, because I want everyone to understand that when you do create something, whether it's a book or a song or a business, it actually has its own energy. So a lot of people are like, are you in a relationship right now? And I'm like, not so much. And they're like, what do you mean? I said, I'm in this huge relationship with my business. Like, it has more energy than, like, 20,000 men put together, believe me. And you know what I mean, Ashley, how something takes on literally its own energy and a life of its own. And that's, to me, what sounds and feels like what's going on with you right now. Yeah, and, you know, I got very fortunate because um, suspense thrillers are very popular anyway. And the whole revenge, revenge motif is obviously very popular in our culture. I mean, one of the number one shows on TV right now is Revenge. Um, Love it that is, show. You know, <laughs> it, it is something that uh, is part of our core being of when someone hurts us, we want to strike out and hurt back. And that's exactly what I tapped into in this first book. It is, um, I know you said you haven't read the second one yet. Um, the first one does have a lot of language in it because uh, some of the characters are <laughs> rather unsavory, and um, that's how I viewed them. In the second book, they're not so much in the forefront, so there's a lot less of that. But th- the first book is very raw and gritty, and I wanted it to be that way because what happens to, to Audra's character and, and what changes her was raw and gritty. And women that have been raped or anybody that has, has suffered that trauma, it does change who you are. Uh, the moment that it happens, your mindset mindset does tend to shift. And in her case, she decided that instead of going the traditional route of going to the police and filing a report, that no, she wasn't going to do that. She was going to get revenge on her own. And But I also didn't want her to go the violent route and decide to kill everybody because the mm-hmm. that does happen. Um, I decided that she was going to go the route of she was going to take down everybody that was involved because it was not only her rapist that she wanted to seek revenge on, but also the other people at the firm that knew what was going to happen to her and did nothing to stop him. So the book starts out five years in the past when she has just suffered her rape. And, by the way, I did not go into the rape itself. Um, I didn't feel that that was necessary. People are adults and they know what that word means. Um, but I do discuss the after effects of what it had on her, so it, it leads you to the point of where you understand why she's going to do what she does. And then it fast forwards to the current day where it's the day that she, as I call the series, eviscerates the snake, um, where she rips everybody apart and, and takes over um, and gets her revenge. So it kind of, it's very, as you said earlier, it's very fast-paced, and I, I try to put it where you each chapter deals with a specific partner and how they're getting ready to deal with the events that are going to happen to them. Oh, that's so yeah. interesting. Okay. <laughs> now, okay, in the second I book, I, I did switch up. In the first book, um, I wrote everything from the third-person perspective. Um, in the second book, I switched and wrote all the characters from first person. So you are switching from each chapter to a new to a different character that is in first person. So you really can delve in 
to what's going on in their head at that moment as everything starts to unfold because the second book starts out nine months after the first book ends and you see the reciprocal cycle of revenge, which is what I really wanted to showcase to people because I'm not advocating taking justice into your own hands. Quite the contrary. Once you read Zero Balance, you'll understand why. Uh, Because she finds out that uh, seeking revenge on someone, that's not the end. Because they will come back, you know, they're human too. And if they're human and they're already inherently evil, then guess what? (laughs) Their revenge is going to be even worse. So that's See, actually, that's why you just have them kill everybody. (laughs) (laughs) That's why you just kill them all off, and you don't have to worry about it. (laughs) Well, (laughs) let me tell you, there's quite quite a few deaths in Zero Balance. I won't say uh, which character meets their untimely demise, but unfortunately the person that's carrying out revenge in the second book, um, you're familiar with her because she's brought out at the end of Accountable Uh, Night. Okay. Okay. And she's already mentally unstable anyway, so right. her her revenge is the polar opposite of what Audra did, because Audra is is a good person that has just suffered a very traumatic event, where right. the person that's seeking it in the second book is already mentally unstable, and chooses to go a really bad route to seek her revenge. Very interesting. And you really did capture in on that wave of, because have you ever noticed television kind of goes in waves, and that is such a popular show. And as they put it out metaphysically, it's a profound, revenge is this huge, profound, energetic concept. Like, it's actually a lot bigger than you think. And that's what I feel you've done such a good job at fleshing out is, and as you've discovered in writing, obviously, there's so many directions you can go with it, and you can approach it from so many different sides to really get people to think. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I really wanted to, I, when you read, if you if you just ended the first book, you're not going to get the entire um, point that I was trying to get across because if you ended the first one, you think, okay, you've got this, this female character that, that's very strong, that has suffered a, a very traumatic uh, event in her life, and she stands up and takes control over it. Yay. But <laughs> at the end... <laughs> That's never the end because that's not how life is. Uh, there's always consequences to your actions, and unfortunately she finds out in the second book um, what those consequences were, and they were any, nothing like what she had ever envisioned was going to happen. She thought, okay, I did what I needed to do. I got my revenge. Now it should be over and I can live my life. But in reality, that doesn't happen. And that's what I'm trying to really portray in Zero Balance. Um, of course, Accountable to none and zero balance are all accounting terms because it does take place at an accounting firm in Phoenix, Arizona. But the third book, Adjusting Journal Entry, is really going to delve into the fact of regrets over the choices that we've made in life and how Mm -hmm. those choices end up coming back and affecting us negatively because we can't control what someone else does. We we ultimately are only Mm -hmm. responsible for what we do. And... Unfortunately, when we set a ball in motion, we may expect it to go a certain way, but a lot of times it doesn't. And that's what I'm really trying to bring out in these books is I really would like for people to stop and think. if they, Because all of us at some point in our life have had someone hurt us where we wanted to seek our own revenge on them. And I really wanted people to stop and think, do I really want to do that? I hope, I hope when, this, when this series really gets going and people 
read the next book, that they stop and, and give pause in their life and think, you know, maybe so-and-so that I was planning on going after, maybe that's not such a good idea. <laughs> hmm, I like it. I like that, um, and that's funny because the books that I'm writing, I'm trying to do the same thing too, whereas on the surface, you know, you've written this really tightly wound, suspense novel, you know, and there's, but I like that you've kind of woven that pretty wide thread of, like, me, you know? Like, there's something to wrap your mind and your thoughts and your, I mean, you can, there's something to think about is what I'm saying. You know, it's not right. just like you throw it in the closet and you're like, okay, I'm never going to think about that again. But I think even if you don't think about it every day, at some point, you know, things will trigger it, kind of. There's just a lot right. there. And that's kind of what I was hoping because, I, you know, I don't, um, I don't write for strictly entertainment value. Um, a lot of writers do. I don't. Mm-hmm. I, I had a point and a purpose of why I wrote what I did um, and how I crafted it the way that I did, <clears throat> not only to make it interesting and people want to read it, which obviously everybody, a lot of people did for the first book, but um, <laughs> I, I also wanted them to really give pause and stop to think. And after the reviews that have come in for not only Accountable to None but also Zero Balance, I think the point is getting across because people are realizing uh, not only was it, you know, an exciting read and something that they didn't want to put down, like you said, <laughs> your poor kids, and tell them I'm sorry. <laughs> but, but, you know, I wanted it to stick with them and really think, you know, at that moment in their life, even if it's several months away when when someone's just really done them wrong, um, I would I would love for them to pop up and think, oh, you know what, I read that book and I remember what happened and now I'm not going to go that route. So, that was my whole purpose of, of writing this series. So <laughs> That's awesome. That's really neat. Now, as far as how how you write, I'm interested because I'm a writer. I'm interested in the, a little bit of the process. So how do you write? Do you have one place that you write? Do you write little bits at a time? Is it like channel? Do you have to force yourself? How do you? No, it's really, it's really kind of weird because, um, and I was panicking because the show tonight was at six, and I was trying to hurry and get home. I, I live oh, forty five miles. No, no, I live forty five <laughs> miles away from where I work, so I have a very long drive both ways every day. Um, my, my thoughts and how I come up with with what I write, I see them as movies in my head, and. When I'm driving, yeah, I really do. It's really weird because I look at it as a scene and think, okay, if I was watching a movie, what would I want to see happen next? And that's how I write. So as soon as I can get to a computer, which is usually at lunch or after work or at home, which my poor husband has to put up with that, but (laughs) he's a man, so he doesn't care. Um, When I've seen the scene in my head, and I, and I play it out and I think, okay, wait, no, I don't want that to happen. No, this is going to happen. Then when I get to my computer, I have to sit down and write out what I've just seen in my head, and then I can go on to the next. So that's kind of how I write. So do you write in order or do you skip around? Do you get, like, one scene and then weave it in together in between, or do you do it, like, no, in I order? No, I do, one, I do one scene at a time um, of what I've seen in my head. And as I'm driving and I'm thinking, okay, I left off here. Now what's going to happen next? And so, again, it plays like a movie in my head, and I think, okay, what, if I was sitting watching a movie, what would I want to see happen next? And then it just kind of comes because I've already started it, and now I'm living in these characters, 
And so it's easy for me to go to the next level. Um, I don't use an outline. I, I know some people do. I can't. That's not the way I write. Um, I, as soon as I see it, I get to the computer, I write it down. Um, and that's kind of just how it goes, and then I go from there. <clears throat> so, Well, we do have a caller, so I'm going to go ahead and take this caller real quick, and we'll Okay, great. We'll see, and we'll see where we go from there. So, um, area code eight zero four, you're on the air. Do you have a question or comment for Ashley? I was just listening. This is Hugh. How are you, Kimberly? Hi, Hugh. I'm good. How are you? Terrific. I have had true life experiences uh, along the lines of what you're talking about, and I'm going the route of unconditional love for everybody, but. I stand in my truth, and if they did something that they're accountable for by their own choices, that remains. Do you have some thoughts on that, Ashley? Well, um, the title of the book, Accountable to None, if you if you read it, that is all not only the person that committed the rape, but also the other people that knew about it and have also got lots of skeletons in their closet for the things that they've done. They, Audra makes the comment in her mind after she's been raped that she's going to do whatever she can to take them from being accountable to none to accountable to all um, because she feels mm-hmm. that they need to be uh, held accountable for the things that they've done. Um, and in some aspects, you know, our society is very open now. We pretty much, with social media and everything else, we kind of really know what's going on with people, even though they may not want us to, but... Um, you know, she she chooses to try to make everybody accountable for what they've done, and ultimately um, that comes back and bites her in the butt because ultimately we are not the, the higher judge. God is. And she chooses to take matters into her own hands, and it ends up being the worst mistake that she ever made. Um, so that's my opinion on uh, accountability. <laughs> oh, I agree. Okay. I, I'm leaving it. God's hands, but it just if it's going to be projected onto my truth, I stand in my truth. That's the only thing that I say, and I leave it in God's hands. So, right. Well, uh, but, but you know what? Unfortunately, some people don't. And Arthur's <laughs> character, um, she does end up, again, I know, Kimberly, you haven't read Zero Balance. Um, there is a character uh, that is in the first book that is also in the second one, uh, Mrs. Milligan. Um, she is the daughter, I mean, the mother of a, a woman that had been murdered several years ago. Um, mm-hmm. She is my Christian voice in the book because mm-hmm. and she has a major role in Zero Balance where she has now forged this relationship with Audra <clears throat> and is trying to tell her, you know, you're going to have to get past this. You're going to have to, you, you think that you got some redemption by getting your revenge, but unfortunately you're still dealing with issues because you haven't let it go. You haven't learned how to forgive. And she does talk to her about God. She ends up giving her her daughter's Bible. Um, but unfortunately, Audra still doesn't listen and ends up reaping the after effects of what she's done. So, you know, ultimately, we are called um, by God to, to, to forgive. And when we don't and we act on human instincts, which usually are sinful, um, they come back and, and we end up reaping the consequences of those actions. And that's what... I'm trying to get across in these books is <laughs> it's not always best to take justice into your own hands because um, we're human and we're fallible. I agree with everything you're saying completely, and I thank you for putting that out there, and I think Kimberly's doing the same. That's fantastic. So I'll 
we'll let you continue on. I was listening anyway, and Kimberly picked oh, up for you. me. That's that, that's wonderful information uh, to make people think. And the big thing, the biggest word, I'll leave this in everybody's mind. It all starts with abuse, and you have to, if you don't start loving mm-hmm. yourself Good first. Point. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah, and unfortunately, point. that you, you know, it's very it's very common in our society. It happens all the time. Um, one of the things that, as I said earlier, I have several friends that have suffered some horrid abuse during their lifetime. And when I first wrote this book, and still to this day, I give 10% to the Joyful Heart Foundation of all proceeds of sales, mm-hmm. um, right. which I don't know if you're familiar with that or not, but it was um, it's a foundation started by the actress Mariska Hardigay that plays Detective Olivia Benson on Law & Order SVU. And it helps people, that not only women, but children as well, anybody that's been a victim of abuse. It helps them learn how to cope and um, and deal with the tragedies that have happened to them in a healthy way. And so that was my way to give back, uh, to be supportive to that, because I do believe in that. You can't get, you can't get past if you if you're going to live in the continual abuse, and your abuser still has power over you. Until you learn mm. to forgive and let go, then you can start regaining control of your own life. Yes, I agree completely, and I'll let you continue on. And God bless you both, ladies. For well, thank you for the call. calling, Hugh. We really appreciate. Thanks for listening. Take care. You too now. Uh, Ashley, it's funny. I think Hugh made a really important point. I wanted to just comment on really quick before we go on. Um, sure. It's, I made a comment on Twitter. I don't know if you saw it this week. As a matter of fact, about and I don't remember exactly what it was, but basically it said. Sometimes in order to love others most effectively, you truly need to love yourself first. And, of course, I didn't mean that in the, you know, totally selfish way. But what I found so interesting is, and I'm not used to an uprising on Twitter, Ashley, because I love my Twitter fans and they love me, so I had negative press this week because I said that. Can you believe it? I was shocked. Everybody started writing me, arguing, what I call arguing from their limitations, so their mothers are writing and like, my kids would go hungry and starving and unclothed if I love myself. Well, isn't that sad that we can't love ourselves and be great wives and great mothers and great businesswomen and great citizens? Don't you think that's tremendously sad, Ashley, that they have to take that to the extreme and people equate loving yourself with being selfish? And that's two entirely different concepts. Oh, two entirely different concepts. You cannot, you cannot totally give yourself to somebody else unless you are comfortable in your own skin. Um, and until you have dealt with issues that you have in your life, because let's face it, we all have baggage. That That's just the way it is, whether we grew up Amen. with a silver spoon in our mouth or not. We all have baggage. Um, and until you deal with that baggage, you're just going to end up dragging it into the next relationship that you have, whether it is a spousal relationship or a relationship with a parent or a relationship with a child. It doesn't matter. Any any baggage that you carry with you is going to eventually end up dragging you down. And until you learn how to deal with it in a healthy way and get past it and incorporate it and say, you know what, this is what happened, it's not my fault, I forgive what has happened, and now I need to go on, you're not you're going to be worthless to anybody because you haven't dealt with the things that have happened in your life. So, um, and usually people take offense to that because they haven't. They haven't dealt with uh, it. And that's stay. what I felt. Yeah, but they still want to be angry. Yep. Yeah, they yes. still want to be angry because yes. if they're as long as they haven't dealt with it, it's sitting inside them like a cancer, 
and every time they it, it's confronted to them, hey, you need to get past this, then they get extremely defensive and say, well, you know what, that's not fair, this happened to me, and I have a right to be angry. Well, you may have a right to be angry, but really what what good is that doing you? It's just It's just compounding the issue and making things worse. So... You know, the concept of love and forgiveness um, is, so, is so hard for some people to come to terms with because, again, wanting to take anger issues that we have out on other people is so much easier. Mm. That path is so much easier to walk down. It doesn't require you to really dig deep and, and let go of things. It requires you pretty much nothing. <laughs> so I'm, That is, that's really, but no, that's really, really wise. As a matter of fact, that's another one of my big things that I work with my clients on is, and it's funny because I'm talking to an author, so it kind of ties in nicely, but I call it telling your story. And what's funny about telling your story is, you know, you're talking about abuse, and I mean, I, not a lot of people know this, but I was actually saved in a paranormal way. I'm not going to tell the story right now because it gets way off tangent, but I was saved in a paranormal, extraordinarily miraculous way when I was 17 from being date raped, actually. But I went through a lot of the trauma up to the point, you know, there was no penetration or whatever you want to say, but but it was close. And I was, like I said, I was miraculously, <laughs> God miraculously intervened and saved me from that violation. But I know what abuse feels like, and I know what abuse in many forms feels like. And I think a lot of us do, to be honest, and not just women, men. You know, a lot of times, some of my clients have been very, very much so abused by the women in their lives that they were married to or engaged to or dated that said they loved them. And so it's not just, you know, we tend to think of women. I know you wrote about women mainly somewhat being abused. I think there's abuse too in the characters in your book in other ways, you know, even with men. But we we all have those stories, Ashley, whether it's abuse or whether you mention money, whether it's poverty or wealth or and you know what? Your story isn't just a negative thing. I have great stories from my 20s when I was in radio and I was really successful and I hung around with rock stars. I have stories about parts of my life that people that think they know me don't even know. But you know what? Those are our stories. It's not our present, Ashley, and it's not necessarily our future. And I believe, right. and I think you do, that we can create that. Just as you create these characters and these stories, we are empowered with free will to create whatever we want and to choose a different way of living, whether it's forgiving or whether it's making better choices or whether it's leaving an abuser. You know, would you not agree, Ashley, that we are empowered to write our own story for the rest of our life? I I agree with it. You know, as you and I have talked before, I think we have a little bit um, different feelings about how about God and the universe and things of that nature. I happen to be a follower and believer in Jesus Christ, and I believe that forgiveness heals all. Um, not that, it, and I think that anybody can tap into that. Um, I think that's something that's very much missing in our society nowadays because we we don't want to give. We want to we want to retain that control. This happened to me, uh, it, it, even though it was a horrible experience, whatever it may be. Um, we don't want to let go because of several different reasons. The, the main one being it's hard to let go because you have to learn to, you have to re-experience it almost all over again to learn to finally let it go. It's much easier, as I said earlier, to remain angry and and say, well, you know what, this happened to me and, this, and I'm going to let this rule my life and 
as opposed to going through that trauma of letting it go and, and giving that forgiveness that really can only come from God. And so that's how that's how I, you know, and me personally, that's how I deal with things. You know, life, we can't control what other people do to us, but we can control what our reactions are. And if we have that strong relationship with God and that connection of that spirit connection with him, then we can learn to let go and understand that, you know what, they're human, they made a mistake, whether they are sorry for it or not should not affect how I deal with it. And I think a lot of people miss that point because, like I said earlier, it's, it's so much easier just to remain angry. It's much harder to let go. I, but, oh, you know I absolutely what? agree with you on that point, Ashley. You know, I teach my clients, I said, you cannot control anybody else but yourself. You you really right. can't. I, I do. And unfortunately, and unfortunately, people people want to. They they think that, um, and, and I know this from several of my friends that have been victims of not only child abuse uh, but mm-hmm. also sexual assault, that think mm-hmm. that if they, if they deal with it in a healthy way, then it's going to change who they are. They 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 have already figured out in their head, well, this is who I am and I'm I'm damaged goods. I can't be fixed. And mm. it's almost it's almost like they use it as a crutch because that's that's what they know. And as I said earlier, they're they're letting someone else's actions, even if they don't have any contact with them anymore, they're still letting those actions control who they are. And until they realize that and stand up and say, you know what, no more. No more is this person going to have a hold over my life. Um, then things aren't going to change for them, and they're going to end up repeating the same patterns. I, I have a friend that um, I love dearly, but she has the word victim attached to on the neon sign mm-hmm. on her head that even though she is just the most incredibly loving, sweet person, she is drawn to that kind of person that will end up eventually hurting her. And it's because she has not fully dealt with all the things that have happened to her and learned to let it go. She still carries that with her and has let that be what defines her as opposed to saying no more. So it's it's something that's difficult, but it it can be done. (laughs) Do you address that in your book at all? I mean, I know I haven't read all three, obviously. You haven't even released the third one. But is that process that you're talking about, is that woven into your book? It's woven into zero balance, yes. Um, and without giving a whole lot of weight, um, and accountable to none, when, when Audra decides to stay at the same firm where she has suffered this abuse at, um, uh, her, her, her whole goal is to, to tear everybody down. It takes her five years to do it, but she finally gets her revenge. In her um, five years that she's still been there, she has spent a lot of time uh, digging into everybody's past. And what she ends up finding is that the person that raped her is also attached to a murder of a young girl 30 years in the past. Um, when that book ends and Zero Balance starts nine months later, it, it, it's nine months um, in the future, and the trial of this man that raped her is getting ready to start. But she is still suffering some really bad dreams. Um, this time they are not centered around the actual act that happened to her. They're more personal with her about feeling overwhelmed and like she's she's being crushed. And she finally realizes that she needs to get help, that she has not dealt Mm -hmm. in a healthy way with what happened to her, and she does make an appointment to go see a therapist. 
unfortunately, when she gets there, she can't deal with with the emotions that she's feeling, and she ends up fleeing. Um, she ends up going to see Mrs. Milligan, which is the murdered girl's mother that she has now forged this relationship with, because she's the one person that she feels that she has this attachment to. And that's when she goes and talks to her, and that's when Mrs. Milligan begins to discuss with her about forgiveness and, and, and giving her strength through God and learning to let go of the past. Um, but before she really has a chance to deal with that, then all the other things that are going on end up surfacing because the, the whole book takes place in the space of less than two weeks. Um, she doesn't have a chance to have that ability to heal because of the actions that ends up being perpetrated upon her by the other person that's wanting to seek revenge. Um, but that all of that is going to be addressed in adjusting journal entry, which is the third and final of the series, where she's going to have to learn to truly let go um, and take accountability for her actions because in actuality what she did was wrong. Um, uh, even though even though we view it as, hey, all right, she came back and she, you know, basically took everybody to the curb and, and stood up and stomped them all on the ground, her actions were not morally right. And they end up coming back and haunting her, and she's going to have to deal with them at the very end. But I can tell you this, that the, the, the ending is um, <laughs> it's much happier than the ending was in Accountable to None or Zero Balance. So. <laughs> oh, good. Okay, so we have to keep reading. Okay, well, yes, I want to ask I some so. questions. Of, well, go ahead. I wanna, I'm going to ask you some questions about your Blog Talk Radio show, but... Why don't, while we're talking about your books, if you could tell us how they can purchase your books and um, sure. just the names really quick again and run through that, and then we'll talk blog talk for a few minutes. Okay. Um, they're both on Amazon as the ebook as well as printable format. You can also get them at um, Barnes & Noble. You have to go in and actually order them. I'm working on them getting on the shelves, but at this point that hasn't happened yet. Uh, the first book is called Accountable to None, and the ebook is $1.49. And the actual printed book is six ninety nine. Um, Zero Balance is the next one in the series, and it's also available on Amazon. The ebook uh, is three ninety nine. It's much longer than the first book, and the printed edition is ten ninety nine. Um, I have a website where if anybody wants to know anything about where I'm speaking at or where I'm holding book signings or anything, it's simply www.ashleyfontaine.com. Um, and yes, I do have a blog talk radio show, but <clears throat> Obviously, you haven't seen my post from yesterday. I am giving that up after Uh-oh. my last show in June. Yeah, because it's, you it's, are. I am. I, you know, I still hold a full-time job, and as I said earlier, I work 45 miles away from home. And right. between that and the new book that I have coming out um, in the next few weeks, it's there. It's just been too much. I I, I got so caught up in all this excitement mm. after I hit number one in December. I got so caught up that I have to take a breather. And um, the first thing that I could think of that would be easiest for me to to take a breath from, which took up a lot of my time, was the Blog Talk radio show. Um, If I ever get to the point where I don't work a full-time job and I can do writing as my full-time, then I will start the show back up. But... um, and it has been a, it's been an absolute blast, and I've loved it. I've loved every guest that I've had on there, and it's been so much fun. And my, my co-host, Bennett, is a hoot, and having him on there is, has been a lot of fun. But it's just, it takes up so much of my time to schedule people and, and you know, get their emails and get all their stuff on there. And, I and know, all of, right? All of, all of a, <laughs> I, yeah, all of a sudden, I, I went from, 
hey, I think I'm going to start a blog talk show. Would anybody like to be a guest to where all of a sudden I'm being inundated with, with requests of people that I don't even know that want to be on there, and I, I just got overwhelmed. And You know, you know it's, it's something- funny that you said that, Ashley, because everybody's like, everybody just thinks, like, because it's blog talk radio and it's not like, and I've been in real radio, I'm putting that in air quotes, but, you know, it is, and I only have, how many shows did you have? Did you only have one a week show? Did you have more, Ashley? I'm not I started, sure I started out the first, the first few weeks, I only had one show a week. And then I started getting so many requests that I went up to three shows a week. And that's oh, where I'm at now. Oh, well, yeah. no wonder. Because I'm telling you, girl, it takes a, a lot of work. I know everybody out there doesn't think, but if you guys want to start a blog talk radio show, you have at it and call me in two months because, it is crazy. Like, I'm scheduled out through June already. It is a lot to talk to the guests and do prep and get them the information. And isn't it, Ashley? It's a lot more than no, just it's a lot of work. talking on and the radio. I, it was a really hard decision for me to make this weekend. Um, but my husband and I talked about it. And, I, again, I overextended myself. And I mm. just got to the point where I was just physically exhausted all the time. And oh, I, I had, I knew, okay. I knew, you know, I knew I had to make a decision about what I was going to cut out. And obviously I have to work and I can't stop writing now because once I opened up this can, I can't, I can't, I can't put the genie back in the box. No, we don't want you to stop writing. No. (laughs) Wait, can I ask you, are you a nurse, Ashley, or do you work in the medical field? What is your... No, I was going to, and I did graduate with my degree um, in science uh, last May, but uh, then the whole writing thing kind of happened. And all of a sudden, my life changed because of it. And, and I will tell you this, I, I did truly think about continuing on and going on to nursing school until one thing happened. And this okay. was probably the most amazing thing out of everything that has happened, not, not, not the sales, not the downloads, not the reviews, the thing that, that blew my mind the most and made me realize that this is what I need to do was I also have um, an author profile on Goodreads. And I had, which is a website, I don't know if you're familiar with it or not, but a lot of people that have books put their books on there. And it's kind of of an online reading group where books are broken down by the genres that they're in. And um, people Uh people do, okay. Well, anyway, I had done a free giveaway. I I advertised on there that I was doing a free giveaway for um, Accountable to None. This was um, probably October of last year. And the lady that won it, lived in another state, it sent me her address, so I mailed her a book. Okay. Uh, a, few weeks, a few weeks later, she contacted me on Goodreads and told me, <clears throat> okay, I'm not going to cry. She told me, um, she said, I just want you to know I finished Accountable to None. Uh, it was an incredible book, but I'm writing to tell you that I was a victim of rape over 15 years ago, and I've never dealt with it, and after reading this book, I know now I need to. And that blew me away to know that, wow. that, that this this little bit this little this little idea that came into my head that I ended up putting down on paper affected a total stranger to the point where they knew they needed to get help blew me away and it 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 just spoke to me and at that moment I knew that this was what I was called to do and after wow. that point I was like you know what nursing school nah I, I think I can reach more people with what I'm trying to get across in my writing than I ever could by being a nurse. So nursing school is out for me. <laughs> that is amazing. Now, hold on a minute. I, I, 
I'm not letting you go yet. So your husband's going to help me. But um, I'm going to bring Shannon back on because she just appeared on my board. So oh, okay, sure. Hold on a second. Hello, Shannon. Are you back? Hello. Yep. We won the track meet, so everybody's happy. Woo-hoo. Everybody's happy, and now he's going to go to business on <laughs> Block Talk Radio. I, yeah. Did you know what happened after you left? I couldn't get, I guess, Ashley caught in and Brianna caught in. A bunch of people caught in. They couldn't get through. Like, Ashley said it happens a lot, so... <laughs> It was like, learn. Wow. Talk, talk radio, talk but... happens. <laughs> oh, does it? Okay. So I just had yeah, to Yeah, was it you that called in first, Ashley, and we were trying yeah, to get a hold I, of Yeah, I called in, and you all couldn't hear me, so I, t- I hung up, and I called back, and then I got stuck in the queue. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, I'm yeah, here, it, was, uh, <laughs> it was We couldn't yeah, hear Shannon, anything at all. Like 35 minutes, just I rambled, and then I actually, I'm like, you know what's kind of frightening, though, Ashley and Shannon, was that I could do it. I'm like, this is you had a good time talking just, with like, yourself talk about everything all oh, night. You know Which, what? It's happened to me. It's happened. I had a lady that, bless her heart, Dr. Nyan McClune uh, lives in uh, Ireland, and she was supposed to be a guest on one of my shows on a weekend. And, of course, she was going to have to contact me through Skype, to, you right. know, because she's overseas. And right. she couldn't get through. And so here I am, you know, for like 10 minutes, I'm talking, blah, 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 and I'm reading about her reviews, and I, I'm like, okay, we're trying to get her through, and she's messaging me on Facebook saying, I can't get it to work, and I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> so I finally had to say, you know what, here's her book, here's where you can buy that, here's the reviews, appreciate the time, i got to go. <laughs> and so it does happen. Uh, well, like, I don't know if you heard Shannon Ashley ending her blog talk radio show, and I really, I had a good time. I thought your show had great energy. I haven't heard a lot of them, but, um, well, you really stacked the deck, too, doing three shows. I think that's a lot to do. Yeah, but, um, yeah. Yeah, I, um, I got overwhelmed, and you know, I'm one of the, I'm a typical woman that when someone asks me to do something, I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then you think about it later, <laughs> and I'm like, really? Wait a minute! I've got way too many things stacked up on my plate. I can't control all of this anymore. I, I, mean, I was juggling so many balls up in the air um, with trying to get, you know, my short story and poetry collection out, and and getting that taken care of, and of course, writing the sequel for the third book in the series, and you know, just marketing yourself and, and then trying to work and be a wife and mother, blah, 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 blah. It just it became too much. <laughs> so, Right. Well, I, I admire you for, you know, I mean, we'll miss you on the air, though, because I think you bring a lot of life and a lot of energy. And I am, obviously, if you had to expand to three shows and you had all those requests, that's, that's pretty incredible. So you might want to revisit that at some point. Do you think I, at any I time, Ash? That your um, books will be made into, like, TV or a movie, or do you have any aspirations? That is what, if you go back, I know you probably haven't had time because you're just as busy as I am. Um, (laughs) But I have have 79 reviews simply for Accountable to None. I have 20-something for Zero Balance. Uh, There have been a majority of them that have said, oh, my God, this needs to be a movie, because that's how I wrote it. I wrote it like you're watching a movie. Um, and I would, I laughed, one of the girls that lives actually overseas that reviewed it, she actually even picked out the uh, the actors that she thought should play the roles, because she was like, oh, oh my, my God, goodness. it was so funny, I laughed so hard, but yes, I think that um, if it ever came to that point, I think it would be a big success if they combined uh, at least the first two books into one movie, because um, the action is there, there's intrigue, there's there's murder, um, which is not a good thing, but, you know, it's unfortunately right. part of life. There's mystery. But, but there's, 
yeah, there's, there's mystery, romance. There, there's a little bit, and there's there's a little bit more romance in the second book because I, I will tell you that, that Audra gets together with the detective, um, who oh, that's is very nice. strong. Okay, yeah, he's like a very that. strong okay. force in her life. Um, he's the one that actually um, pushes her to go seek counseling because he knows that oh, she's having issues. Okay. Um, sure. So um, you know, there's a lot of things that I think would make a great movie as far as just the excitement and the action. Um, I, of course, being from Arkansas. I envision Billy Bob Thornton playing Owen. I think he would make it a great uh, Owen. And I, and I would love to see Angelina Jolie in a blonde wig playing Audra. <laughs> because who wouldn't want to see Angelina Jolie take down Billy Bob Thornton? <laughs> you there you go. The, oh, there you go. That's about perfect. Talk about revenge. <laughs> exactly. That'd be something. Wow. Well, then I, I guess I have no clue how to do that. So, you know, I don't know you how. You have no clue how to do that? Just throw that out clue. there. We'll just throw it out there. And yeah, throw it out happen. there. Anybody that's listening that's a movie producer, you know, pick up a book <laughs> that's got, you know, 50,000 downloads that people seem to love and, and talk, come talk to me because I would love to see it being in, in, made to a movie. That That is my dream. So. Uh, and so do you have any plans? Okay, so I know you're doing your poetry short story thing and your third book. Uh, what's next? Um, actually, after I finish the Eviscerating the Snake series, which, again, I'm still writing adjusting journal entries, which will be the last one in that, um, the, in the poetry book that comes out, um, the next thing I'm going to delve into is actually um, kind of a, uh, it's kind of a life story of a friend of mine. Um, she has lived a um, a very rough life, but she has actually made it through with the help of her, her lord. And mm-hmm. it's very intriguing. She's gone through a whole lot. And actually, I've already got a title for it. It's called Willow, I Don't Bend, I Only Bend in the Hurricane. Mm-hmm. Um, because Neat. because she doesn't break um, because of her faith in God, even though she's been through some extremely traumatic events. Um, so is that amazing. like nonfiction, actually? Will that no, I, it's going to be fiction because it's... Oh, it is. Force, okay. You know, but there is, there is some elements of truth to it just based on her life, but the majority of it is going to be fiction, but um, it's going to have, you know, more of a theme of, of not, it's not going to have a revenge theme, that's for sure, because <laughs> that's not the way she is, but um, I think it will um, really touch a lot of people as far as um, learning how to get through life experiences like we talked about earlier, traumatic events that happen and, and, and do them, handle them in the correct way as opposed to <laughs> the way Audra does, which is um, uh, eviscerate the snake. <laughs> so. Well, maybe um, when you – when is your third book going to come out, Ashley? Um, I am only about halfway through writing it. I'm, oh, okay. I'm going to say it's going to be several months before I'm completely ready to send it to the publisher and say, okay, it's time to edit. So um, I'm saying probably, you know, by the fall it will be ready. Well, maybe we'll be syndicated by then, so you can come back on and we can promote and we'll all be bigger big time than we are now. <laughs> well, and I wanted so. to thank you, too, um, for your lovely review of, of Accountable to None. It, it made me laugh and smile, and, and I really do appreciate it. And I appreciate you taking the, the time to read, a, to read a no-name like me and to enjoy the book and write such a lovely review. So thank you very much for that. I, I oh, no, you're it. welcome. And I really do want to say, I mean, I know people probably think because you're on here, you know, I'm a big, well, Shannon got me into J.R. Ward, and I got her into um, Stephanie Myers. So we've done each other that favor. So I consider both of those to be, you know, awesome, incredible writers. But 
I don't love fiction. I don't read a lot of fiction like I was rambling in my little thing, but, I mean, you got me and you kept me, and who can ask for more in whatever book they read, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, to just, and Shannon knows, because she's always on the lookout for really good books, but that's definitely, you know, you're an excellent writer, you're an excellent technical writer, you know, and it's funny because it, it is, it's just like you're in a movie, and I highly recommend it, and I'm going to, you know, get them all, and I'm going to send them to your house, and you're going to sign them. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I, you like I actually have a, um, I don't know if you all have Hastings bookstores up there, but we do here, and um, I have my first uh, book signing on April 28th. Uh, at the Hastings in the town that I live in, and then I have another one on May 12th. And I've had two at Barnes & Noble in Texas, and I'm hoping to schedule one at the Barnes & Noble in Temecula, California, uh, this summer so I can actually kill two birds with one stone by going to visit my dad and <laughs> having a book signing oh, at the same time. Oh, that'd be so nice. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, it, it, it's hard, you know, being, being self-published and, and being, kind of being on your own. You have to take all the responsibility on yourself, but... Um, I have a great publisher now, and, and they've helped me out with, with getting some signings and, and things of that nature. So I'm just waiting for Zero Balance to explode like Accountable to None did. So. <laughs> well, I will definitely write a review when I read that. Maybe we can get Shannon here, too, also. And thank you so much for being on the show. Now I'm really flattered because I I got um, Ashley, you know, kind of like right before she went out on her big radio exit. So um, thank you for having me on your show. Thank you for being on our show, and hopefully we can have you on again. Well, thank you very much. I, I appreciate the time, and I, I appreciate you letting me ramble. <laughs> oh, no, you and I are perfect. Well, obviously, I think, I'm sorry I made you rush home and then I rambled, but I figured it out thanks to you. So, all Well, I appreciate it. Well, you have a wonderful right. evening, and I will talk to you all later. Thanks so much, Dylan. Okay, Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, Shannon, I'm going to bring Brianna on before she hangs up again. She's called like <laughs> seven times, and then we have another caller. So we'll just see where it goes. Um, Brianna, are you there? Yes. Shannon, can you still hear me? Are you there? Okay. Okay, hold on a minute. I'm going to see where our caller is. Hi, welcome to the Secret to Everything. Do you have a question Hi. or comment for any of us other than Ashley who hung up? <laughs> Am I on air? You're on the air. Would you like not to be okay, on Okay, I'd like to order a large pepperoni. Sorry, I kid, I joke. I wanted to say to Ashley, I'm a friend from Facebook, our Jeffers. We were on a show together um, a while ago, and I told her I would definitely tune in and try to call in. Oh, I'm so sorry. She, yeah, looks like she dashed. That's Ashley. Yep, she, she hit and Ryan, so... Yeah, I'm sorry. Do you have anything you want to say publicly about well, yeah, her? All the best with her work. I'm one of her biggest fans. She's just such a little dynamo. It's just a pleasure to be her friend. And um, I will keep promoting her work on my uh, blog and on Facebook and all over the place. Well, what is your blog? If you, if um, like to I'm that, R. Jeffrey's author on Facebook, and I have the Right Step blog. I also have a radio show on Block Talk Radio called The Right Step. Oh, that's and what and the right set is it about authors stuff? It is. Yes, it, it is. I know that's not a leap of logic. I have producers on people people in all aspects of the arts. Uh, well, that's phenomenal. Primarily, it's primarily yes, all about the written word. Poets, writers, uh, people in publishing. Well, wonderful. Thank you so much for calling in. I know Ashley was. I'm I'm sure she was still listening. So. 
thank you so much for calling in and thank you for listening. And I think I agree with you about Ashley. I think she's wonderful and amazing and has a great energy. So I I appreciate your support as well. Thank you. You're welcome and wonderful listening to you and I'll stay here to the duration. Thank you. Thank you, sir. All right, Shannon, back to us. <laughs> yes. Yes, I'm here. Oh. So did you get what happened while you were gone and Brianna's on? I just want to mention to everybody really quick. I know the show kind of got all jumbled, partially because I didn't realize all you had to do was refresh Blog Talk Radio when and it didn't jam. And I guess when you're used to being in a professional radio studio or, as I say, a real radio studio, um, things will go wrong, believe it or not, but they're a little more fail-proof than this new computerized wave of radio that we seem to have now. But that was Gary, did you hear me? You didn't know. I had to ramble by myself, CNN, for a half hour, like I said. So, <laughs> I think it went pretty well. I just kind of went, you know how I can go off on my rant. So. Oh, absolutely. But I think I, I, think I could have kept going. But I just wanted to mention, in case anyone's still listening, like I said, this show's been kind of just joining tonight, that um, if anyone would like a mini reading from me or my daughter, Brianna, she's on hold or on the show and you can call in at six four six five six four nine seven one two. We might not go to the very end. It depends what Shannon and I get into, but Brianna's gonna hold for a little bit to see if anybody's gonna call in for a reading. I didn't know if the weather kept people away, Shannon, or what do you think? Some shows are just a little bit I mean we have some callers, but some shows are just seem a little bit slower I guess than others. Oh, I definitely think that happens. I think it's just, you know, sometimes it's the weather. If you, you know, wherever you're at, it's nice weather. People are outside. They're not inside listening to the computer. I mean, there's a lot of sports going on right now for people with yeah, children. Yeah, I didn't think about that. So, you're right. There are a lot of sports going on right now. Right. So, I mean, it just depends. So you don't know what I rambled about. I talked a lot about, oh, I talked a little bit about our classes that we're beginning, and I talked a little bit about, what did I talk about? I don't remember. That's kind of scary. I rambled so much. For now. Did you hear much of Ashley's call? Did you hear much about talking about the book? No, I didn't. Thing? I didn't hear much about it. Um, she de- evidently didn't get on for a while. No, she. That's what I heard about. Why I rambled. She. It yeah. Took her, it took me like 35 minutes, and then thank goodness I had my iPad next to me because she um, wrote something on Twitter and said, "Hello, I'm here." And then I got the idea, and Brianna kept saying she was calling it. in. Yeah, but I didn't know because the way when they called in, they heard themselves in queue. So I'm learning as I go around. And actually, Shannon found out from Kara of Strange Days Indeed and Brian Chaybig of Diversity. Oh, I forgot to talk about that. We can talk about that. I'm going to be on Brian's show tomorrow, I think at 10 o'clock, maybe 11. I'm not sure you guys might have to look it up. But I'm going to be at um, on their show. I don't know if Kara's going to be on it or not, but I know Brian's going to be on it because it's his show. I don't know what he's going to have me talk about, but with Brian, you never know. You know, when Brian was on our show, Brian Tribig, we talked about the paranormal. I think we talked about a little bit about cryptozoology and about Bigfoot. I think we talked about right. doors to other worlds. Then we talk about, like, everything. Yeah. <laughs> we talked about a lot of different things. So I don't know That's what we're going to – I don't know what we're going to – I like how you say that. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. I don't know what we're going to talk about, but – yeah, it was a really good conversation with Ashley. She's a little spitfire, and she's woven she a lot of content like into her books. 
and you know that with my book that I'm writing that I want to weave, you know, like quantum physics and a lot of the things I teach about, I want to weave into my book. And I like books like that. As long as I don't get too deep to where you're like, right. boring because you're teaching me too much. But in Ashley's books, you don't even know that you're being taught. So pretty amazing. Right. And I hope everyone listening supports that. Do you have anything you want to talk about? I went off on my, oh, I know what I went off. I went off on my tangent, which I think is really important about how there's so many telesummits and it's all the same people and they're not teaching you to empower yourself that you shouldn't, you know, really seek healing from someone that's not teaching you how to heal yourself and giving you the tools to do it for the rest of your life. And I talked about how our philosophy is that we want to be your last your last stop for healing. We want to help you find not the answer. We want to help you ask the right questions so you can be the answer and continue to be the answer and then help other people, you know, the rest of your life that we're not interested. And you know, Shannon, I've never been interested in my clients coming over and over and back and back and back to me. That's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for them to be well. So I went off on well, I, a ramble about that. I um, think when they okay. when they come back on you, come back and come back and come back, they depend on you and rely on you too much when you're trying to teach them the skills that they need to actually, you know, keep themselves healed or, you know, in a healthful way, not come back for you to fix it every time. Right. And that I think that's what I was saying was I was saying that I think you get you can be addicted to a lot of things and a lot of people in America and in the world are actually addicted to healing and healers. And we even had different callers call in on our show that I pointed out that said I've been to this person and that person and they're always seeking. They're never finding. And we're always in a growth process, like I said, as long as we're on this earth. I'm not saying we're not. But don't you want to live? Don't you want to play? Don't you want to be joyful and experience bliss and I don't know where along the way we bought this lie Shannon that we can't be happy in this lifetime it's like we all think we have to walk around being absolutely miserable and suffering horrible relationships and being poor and you know exactly what I'm talking about but that's what life is supposed to be like that's not what my life's like and I don't think that's what anybody really uh, desires for their life, and that's where we're here to offer, you know, some different solutions and some different possibilities and just get you to start asking questions. That's the beginning point. Yeah. So I think I think a lot of people, when they go from, like, practitioner to practitioner to different healing method to different healing method, they don't really give anything a chance, first of all. I mean, you have to give something a chance to, to work before you move on to the next thing, but it's almost like they're addicted to it. Like um, there's so much, they're searching for this one thing that's going to heal them when what all they have to realize is the one thing that's going to heal them is inside of them. You know what I mean? They have to bring that out and lots of different healing techniques would probably work. You know what I mean? Well, in the way, I call it having more of you, and it's funny because Ashley said something kind of funny, and I don't hold it against her at all, and I don't go into my personal spiritual beliefs. Some people do, some people disagree with it. I'm not saying I never talk about them or I hide them, and you don't go into your personal spiritual beliefs very often on the air. Do you, We just don't usually do that. Usually we're facilitating other beliefs and we're leading other discussions, but it's funny because, you know, Ashley said, you know, she and I have very different belief systems, and I, I know you didn't hear her say that, 
but actually, I said, I think she said, I hope I'm not misquoting that she's a born again Christian. So I was kind of amused that she said that because, and I don't want to go into it deeply on the air, but Shannon, you know what my belief systems are. Right. So she said, I Absolutely. thought it was funny. And I guess that to me is the old paradigm, and I adore Ashley, and I'm not putting her down at all by saying this, but the old paradigm is religion has to look a certain way. A belief in God has to look a certain way, and it has to follow you know, the Catholic dogma or the Baptist dogma or the, you know what I'm talking about, the Grace Brethren or the Vineyard or whatever, many denominations, Presbyterian, I can go on and on. And I guess I kind of, I am like totally anti that. I believe a relationship with Source or with God or with Jesus Christ, that's an individual decision in the end. You know, you are going to, you know, we're all going to pass from this earth into a different plane of existence. And really, all of us are kind of in the same boat, Shannon, because you can say all you want about the paranormal and ghosts and spirits and theories about hell, and I've shared some of them, but do any of us really, truly know? Even those of us that have died, and I'm putting that in quotes on the operating table, or seen a white light or gone down a tunnel or experienced a heavenly place or some of them, they've experienced hell. Shannon, do we know? Do, Do we know until we're dead? Do we know? Absolutely not. No. no. Right. Right. So I think it's it's kind of interesting to me that that there's these limited beliefs. And religion, just like we're talking about seeking healing can become an addiction, which you wouldn't, that sounds so weird, but it's so true. Religion is that other thing that can keep you small and keep you in a box if you believe that you have, you know, a belief in God prohibits you, for example, from believing in spirits or seeing spirits. And anybody that knows me knows that I didn't ask for the gifts I have. My children didn't ask for the gifts they have. And anybody that knows my parents know that, you know, sure, as we're sitting here, if they could have been gotten out of all of us, they would have been a long time ago. <laughs> you know? Right. So, so I believe that we're these crazy, infinite, beautiful, multidimensional beings. And Shannon, you know I believe this. And we're all psychic. We, we oh, yeah. all have ESP abilities. We all can travel outside of our bodies. We all can plug into energies across the universe and the world. So I guess it's funny. I don't, I don't think it's because you're a Christian or a Hindu or a Baptist. or I just act like Baptists aren't Christians. It's kind of funny. Anyway, um, or a Catholic or, and I don't mean that, but... Isn't it kind of funny that we think, okay, well, you can't be intuitive or you can't be psychic or you can't be perceptive. But I am here to say, as you become more of you, and you know what I mean by that, Shannon, and as you open up, and even you can attest to this in your life, you do become more perceptive. I mean, don't you agree? Could you give an example in your life? Don't you think you're much more perceptive now than before you met me? Wouldn't you say that? I totally believe that. I I believe, you know, I will I will tell everybody I'm Catholic and I, you know, was devout going, you know, every Sunday, going on the holy days and I would say, um, after I got a divorce I, you know, felt like kinda of like I'd failed God. So I didn't go as often. I I still go, but I think my journey through um, vibrational, raising my vibration, 
working on um, just making myself happy and doing things for myself, I feel like I've made a greater connection with God. And I read Wayne uh, Dyer. You know I, I absolutely love him. That kind of stuff, inspirational reading by him, like totally opened me up to where I feel closer to God now than I did when I was going to church every Sunday. Wow. And you know what's funny? Because I, I, mean, I don't know read, if I've ever wait told a minute, that. Shannon, I'm going to tell Brietta not to hang up because I might have a Twitter question. Um, so don't hang up. I might have a Twitter reading, so I just wanted to say that to her really quick. But um, go. I think what you just said was just huge, really. I mean, that's pretty amazing. I mean, what you just said is huge. It's absolutely huge. And we'll get back to that. Um, let me ask Brianna really quick if she wants to read Kelly. I'm going to ask her on the air. I had her on hold. Brianna, are you still there? Yes. Everyone, this is my beautiful. Let me laugh. My friend Kelly it cannot get on the phone right now, but she would like. Um, she would like a reading. Can you at all read her, or do you want me to tell you anything about her? Do you need anything to read her? Her name's Kelly. It would really help to hear her voice. Right. Do you want to wait? Do you want her to call in and you'll read her? Should I tell her you'll call in and you'll read her? Um, what's her last name? I mean, I can try. I can't promise. I can't. I don't. I can't get her last name on the. Isn't on it the parad- call? Paradise or what? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right, Paradis. Par- Paradis, yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Thanks, Shannon, I'm sure she's going to kill us now. <laughs> Does that oh. help, or do you want to wait to hear her voice? Well, what does she want to know? Okay, I'll ask her specific. Um, let me see if I can ask her. Sorry, everybody, it's kind of the nature of the beast. We don't have our chat room open because of all the problems with blog talk radio. But, Shannon, what were you saying about you just saying you feel more connected to God than when you just went to church? Absolutely. But I've worked on healing, like, healing myself in different ways, and it's just, it's so much different than, you know, going and sitting in church. Not that I don't love going and sitting in church. Not that I don't still go to church. And I definitely feel a connection to God when I'm in church. But I can still feel that connection when I'm not there with Him. Right. And and it's funny because I've always had a really close connection to God. As a matter of fact, one of my friends, she said, even when you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, and this is her talking, and when you're not living, you know, like other people would agree is a good way to live. Gosh, I'm making myself sound really bad, but you know what I mean, Shannon. Oh, you're right. You always get higher guidance. It's like, I wish I were like you, and I'm going to use even a Bible example. You know, you know, God talks about how much he loved David, but if you study the life of David, David was far, 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 far from a perfect person. He was one of the most lustful, impulsive, hot-headed, sinful people in the whole entire Bible, but God adored him. And I'm not saying God loves sin. I'm not even trying to say that. I don't even want to get into a theological question or debate. But my point is, God's God. God can talk to who he wants to. God can love who he wants to. And God can hate who he wants to. And I'm not interfering with that. And I think as humans, again, we try to cram our concept of God 
into this tiny little box and said, well, God, you can't have a relationship with God if you see spirits. And if you can plug into anybody in the world and tell what they're thinking, then you you must not know God. On the contrary, I would say very much so those are qualities of those that are in touch with the divine. That is what the disciples did. If you read about spiritual gifts in the Bible, a lot of the spiritual gifts correlate with a lot of abilities that you develop as you become more conscious and aware. So rather than saying they take on, which we get criticized, or I get criticized, you know, that it's satanic and it's this and it's dark and it's, you know, you know the things that we get judged, judged for. I would say, you know, read your Bible and then we'll talk. Maybe we should do a whole show on that. We probably get a lot of calls. I mean, well, and that gets people in trouble too because everybody, or not everybody, but so many people interpret the Bible different ways too. You know, that's another thing with religion. Right. Um, Brianna? Her question is, she wants to know specifically if she'll ever be able to do something that no one thinks she can do, but she knows that she can do. Does that make sense? Uh, Yeah, well, I kind of got that she needs to learn to trust herself more and stop worrying about what other people think so much. She really just needs to do what she wants to do with her life and stop asking people what they think and if they think she can accomplish what she wants to do. But she can do it if she stops that. She can do it what? My door sound, by the way. I thought that was you. No, it's me. Austin thinks he broke his toe, so I'm taking him over to urgent care. He just got in the car. It's been hurting him for a couple days, and he has a big track meet tomorrow. So I'm going to have to get off of here. All right, well, can you wait one second? Because I'm going to have you close sure. this out. If you can, oh, okay. if you can I'm just going to wrap. Okay, hold on a minute. Um, okay, she, Kelly wants to know if you think she's going to end up going back to school. And then we'll close out our show. Brianna. What? Did you hear me? Kelly wants to know if you, if you think she's going to end up going back to school or if she should go back to school. If she should or if she's going if she's going to answer, if she's going to. Uh, yes, she's going to, but I'm not That's sure right. she should. Why? Mm. You're not sure she should right now? I just don't know if that's, like, the right path. The best choice. doesn't feel quite right. Right. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, Brianna. I will talk to you later. I love you. I'm hanging up on you because I want Shannon to wrap up the show. And we'll, we'll have you on again later and we'll do more in-depth reading. Okay. But I'll talk to you later. Bye. Okay, Shannon. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us. We will be back here next Wednesday at 7 o'clock. You can reach us at www.serenitynaturalwellness.com. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Serene Wellness. Also, make sure you check out accessconsciousness.com and or Kimberly's website to check out the classes that are coming up. Again, the first one will be in Cincinnati, April 28th from 9.30 to 5.30. And then the next one after that will be in Columbus, Ohio, May 12th from 10 to 6. 
Have a good night, everybody. Thanks for listening on On Secrets Everything with Dr. Kimberly McGeorge. Listen every Wednesday night, Eastern Standard Time, from 7 to 8 p.m. on Blog Talk Radio. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.